What is up, my people, my listeners, my friends, my good old pals? Welcome to another episode of All Three Phases. Man, to be honest, we got so much to talk about. Free agency started less than a day ago, and I mean, just so much has happened. So, I mean, why waste time? I'm Ryan. That's Bubs on the other side of the line. Say what's, what's up, good? Uh, all right. Let's just get right to it. So, biggest name of all of football of all time, Thomas Brady. Now, he himself, yes, has signed a contract extension with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, it is a four-year contract extension. Now, before you get crazy, oh, he's going to play until he's 50 years old. Now, Here's the schematic between it. <laughs> it is a four-year extension. It guarantees an extra year. So if you guys know, he signed a two-year extension for $50 million, 25 mil on average per year. He extended his contract to one year guaranteed, with the other three years being voidable, dependent on the team, dependent on the player, whatever. So this saves Tampa about eight to ten million dollars in cap space and gives them the opportunity to re-sign some other people that we have to talk about. Now, Brady is guaranteed to play, you know, to is set on Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster throughout this next season and then the, the one after that. So he guaranteed has two seasons left on his contract and is set to become the oldest starting quarterback to ever play a game. Absolutely ridiculous to try and even set that milestone in the first place. But just, you know, that by itself – kind of just skyrocketed the entirety of free agency so i mean we just got to start listing names and listing teams at this point so brady i mean what do you feel about the brady extension though you feel like it's a great thing for the Bucks? Well, yeah i mean this was classic brady i mean everybody when we uh you know when we finished the super bowl and we were getting into the off season you know before we could even celebrate you know, before the Bucks even had a chance to, you know, really enjoy it, mm-hmm. everybody's already asking, okay, well, what are they going to do about Shaq Barrett? What are they going to do about all these free agents? How are they going to keep this team together? You know, that was a big topic of discussion, even during the the um, celebration. You know, Bruce Arians is talking about, your ass isn't going anywhere. Your ass isn't going anywhere. And, you know, it just felt like they had something cooking. And guess what it was? Tom Brady in the kitchen fixing up the impossible yet again. Uh, There's so many reasons why New England has been successful um, up until Brady left. You know, for 20 years, they were always pretty much a guaranteed playoff team. And for like, I don't know, like what was it, 13 out of those 20 years, they were in the AFC championship game. Mm -hmm. So They were there always. And a lot of it has to do with Tom Brady, the player, um, but it also has a lot to do with Tom Brady, the businessman, and the the knowledge and the, the you know the the way he looks at um, not just himself but the team. You know, not many people out there. In fact, probably none, especially these big time quarterbacks, are saying, "Hey, you know what? You know, I'm gonna take way under market value." Uh, I'm pretty sure Mike Evans actually offered to you know cut some money if it would help, but. Mm-hmm. You don't hear about this happening. You don't hear about Aaron Rodgers saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to take a, you know, a cut." Even though he wants to whine about how he has, you know, not enough weapons or whatever out there in Green Bay, you don't hear about Patrick Mahomes trying to save money. Patrick Price, yeah, the Patrick Price is bad. You don't want to pay the Patrick Price. Uh, <laughs> this is what makes Brady so great is that he is just completely unselfish when it comes to his contracts. He did it for years and years in New England, um, and now he's carrying it over into uh, Tampa Bay. And I'm not surprised. I'm not at all surprised at him doing it. I am a little bit surprised at just how much they were able to squeeze out of it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to all these signings here in a minute, but the fact that they were able to keep as many people as they've kept is mind-boggling to me. Like everybody knew that they were going to be a playoff team and you know possibly a Super Bowl contender next year, but with the amount of people they're re-signing, it's like who's going to stop them in the NFC? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Rams are, you know, they're on the come up with Matthew Stafford, and I'm sure that uh, they're working on you know, scheming up uh, some more additions there. Green Bay, they weren't any problem for, uh, for that defense. The both times that they played them, they, they had Aaron Rodgers' number. So I'm just, I'm just in awe of uh, the Brady effect is so much more than just how he plays, his decision-making on the field. It has almost more importantly than even that, is how he handles himself off the field, how he in, you know ingratiates himself with his teammates, how he's willing to self-sacrifice. He is just he, – he is the captain of the Buccaneer ship right now, unquestioned. Oh, 100% of the way. He definitely is, is set in stone as he – should, he should get more credit for being a businessman. I feel like you know, yeah, a, a lot of his success – obvious. Like, hey, yeah. you guys want to win a Super Bowl? Maybe stop being so damn greedy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Take a pay cut. Yeah, man. Hugely physical, violent sport. And we have seen throughout the years many a player get injured and never come back or never come back the same. Um, I mean, even if you look at the birth of Brady, Drew Bledsoe, Mo Lewis, that hit is what started this whole thing. Um, so, yes, at any given point, somebody could get hurt. And they can get hurt bad. But I would rather get hurt on my way to a Super Bowl and still make millions of dollars than, you know, have all this funny money that is just just completely astronomical. Mm-hmm. So since the Brady extension happened, that obviously opened a lot of things for Tampa Bay. So, I mean, let's just get right to it. Beforehand, they already had resigned, re-signed. Levante David to a two-year, $25 million extension. People were starting to question the cap space and how much ability they really had to bring the band back together. Well, not that hard. They franchise tag Chris Godwin. He's making $16 million next season. And, and, hold up, they re-signed Shaq Barrett. Four-year, $72 million, $36 million guaranteed. Now, I was watching uh, Skip and Shannon the other day. I see that on February 17th, 2021, Skip told him, you know what? They can get those three back together. If they can bring back Shaq Barrett, Levante David, and Chris Godwin, I'll make a bet for you. And Shannon, Shannon Sharp, Hall of Fame tight end, Denver Broncos, bet five cases of money on the fact that Tampa would not be able to get those three back. Well, time to pay up, my friend. They have done it. And have done it also in the sense of getting Gronk to a one-year, $10 million deal. Now, this only leaves a few notable free agents. Someone as Ndamukong Sue. Gronk, he also signed for more than that, but it's a voidable setup too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, this is what happens when, you know, you follow the leader here. You know, you got Gronk being one of Brady's all-time, you know, best friend, favorite players, targets. He's following in his footsteps like, hey, you know what? As long as I'm with Brady, I'm chasing the rings, and this is how we're going to make it happen. I mean, yeah, he's – he's uh, the effect that he has – I mean, we talk about it so much, but the effect that he has is a- astronomical when it comes to just changing the culture of a team and taking it to an automatic Super Bowl contender and playoff contender within a year. So that happens. And now let's go back because they still have Ndamukong Sue to sign. They still have Leonard Fournette to sign and Antonio Brown. But you can't imagine what the cap space that they have. It's possible to keep all of them, especially Fournette being a young running back and uh, looking to get some of that dough in return. Now, speaking of Fournette, let's talk about Tom Brady's old team, which is weird to say in itself. But the New England Patriots have been on an absolute tear since the first hour of free agency. They've re-signed Cam Newton to one year, $14 million. Now, just for context, everyone's freaking out. Oh, how much, how you pay Cam Newton $14 million a year? It's an incentive. It's heavily incentivized, okay? So it is a one-year, $5 million base salary. Now, the rest of the incentives have to deal with playoffs, Super Bowl, MVP, etc. Things that, more likely than not, Cam won't get. But, hey, it's an incentive. If he go gets it, I'll be happy. For sure. 
So they re-sign him. They go out and they regain Trent Brown, the offensive tackle. They get him back from the Raiders after he had a pretty bad season with them. Got injured, didn't play as many games, did not pass block as well as they imagined him. Now, aside from that, there is, yes, more. John U. Smith, one of the first big signings, was a tight end from Tennessee. Gets eight red zone touchdown receptions, which was more than the entire red zone receptions of the New England Patriots last season. And, yes, that includes everyone. Um, he had eight of those things. He gets signed four-year, $50 million. Matt Judon, linebacker, I, I believe. Just give me two seconds. I got to rattle off this whole list. Matt Judon, four-year, $56 million. Outside linebacker has made two consecutive Pro Bowls for the Baltimore Ravens. Devon Godshaw, two-year, $16 million. Defensive tackle from the Miami Dolphins, who had his best season statistically last year. Who else? Jalen Mills, cornerback from the Philadelphia Eagles, is now going to Foxborough as well. Four-year, $24 million. See ya. Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver from the San Francisco 49ers. Three-year, $22 million. He is now also a part of the Patriots squad. Nelson Aguilar, the team that he was on that beat the Patriots Super Bowl 52. Two-year, $26 million. He's coming from the Raiders to go play with the Patriots and Cam Newton. And the biggest signing overall, in my opinion, for the, ten- uh, for the New England Patriots, was Hunter Henry. Three-year, $37.5 million a year. He ties John U. Smith and is now the third highest-paid tight end as well as well as John U. Smith. And may I mention, the Patriots still have the 15th overall draft pick. And they still have a lot of money to spend, too, actually. Yeah, they got $47 million of cap space remaining, and notable free agents have yet to hit anywhere else. Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller. A bunch of things that have yet to accrue. Juju Smith-Schuster still on the block. A bunch of top receivers. And I hear that they're in pursuit of a running back. And that brings me back to Tampa. Now, on their list, as I've heard from Ian Rappaport, is Chris Carson, the veteran from Seattle, who has had a couple thousand-yard seasons in recent time. And playoff Lenny himself has had offers from Seattle, Tampa, and soon-to-be New England. Now, they have said that they do not want to leave free agency this season without picking up at least one running back option, which signifies that James White might be out on his way. And oddly enough, it's as if New England and Tampa could possibly trade running backs. James White is in rumors to go see his old buddy, in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady and go take playoff Lenny's spot and sit beside Rojo. And it looks like Leonard Fournette is either going to join the Seahawks or or the Patriots. Who's going to give him more money? Who's got more cap space? There is so much going on. We still have to talk about it. I think we need to pump the brakes and, and, and look at this, you know, piece by piece. So first of all, let's, let's just start with all of these signings from new England. Okay. Okay. We can start right at the top with the Cam Newton signing. Right. Number one, I was unsure that they were going to do this. There was a lot of talk about Jimmy Garoppolo going back to you know New England. There was talk about you know possibly uh, uh, using their draft pick, their overall, their first draft pick, and uh, shooting for a late you know one one of those quarterbacks that might squeak squeak past the first you know five or six picks. Um, I'm really surprised that they chose to go with Cam again. Honestly, I, I wanted them to at least, you know, unless something fell out of the heavens. Um, I was mm-hmm. good with that. Um, but I, I'm curious to know, how do you feel about this? And what do you think the chances are of him hitting these uh, these incentives that they gave him? I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I don't feel like any of the incentives are really going to be reached in the sense of, you know, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. A lot of these incentives are super just out of this world. Cam Newton would have to be 2015, 2016 self again. So from what they have done so far, as of right now in free agency, I think they definitely have resurged themselves as a possible playoff contender. Now, that being said, to hit his incentives, I don't think it's that probable. I mean, they bring back, you know, the giant old lineman within Trent Brown, and that's really going to help the left side. Yeah, that was that was really big. 
especially with um, Joe Thune going to Kansas City and Marcus Cannon getting traded to Houston. So now our line has to be a little bit restructured. We still have Michael Onwenu from the draft. He's a guard. He's great. We still technically have David Andrews. Hopefully they're going to restructure his contract um, and a couple other names. But, yeah, we needed someone on that left side, the weak side, the blind side. Um for Cam Newton, I think it's really going to help the rushing game. It's also going to help passing game develop, especially with these new additions being added. Again, in the sense of going and getting these incentives, I find it very unlikely. Um, I do think that if if they tend to stick with him, and uh, aside from maybe drafting a fourth round QB as they normally do and keeping you know QB camp a little bit shaky, I I don't see him getting these incentives at least this season on the one year deal. I think maybe if I have to look through them again, what the incentives are, but you know, from what I'm seeing, a lot of it has to do with the Super Bowl and a deep playoff run, which I mean, you have to go past teams like the Chiefs and you know the. Um, well, the Chiefs shouldn't be a problem this year, according to you. Oh, they shouldn't actually. My bad. You have to go past teams like the Colts and the Bills and the Browns. You know, just a bunch of teams that. I don't know. It's it'd be a hard team to beat, especially in the playoffs. And the Patriots yeah. were known for that, but mainly because of Tom Brady's able to keep poise in the playoffs. I mean, Cam well, has been to the playoffs once, okay? Yeah, and he went to the Super Bowl and the notorious no dive for the fumble. We know how that one went. That yeah, said, I mean, I haven't lost all faith. <laughs> I think it's possible, but I do think. New England could still target a quarterback early on in the draft. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised if they do, just because I, I still think they are looking at uh, Cam Newton as a bit of a Band-Aid. I don't think they anticipate keeping him around for the long term. You know, he's not getting any younger. Um, and unless he shows a complete 180 uh, this year, I don't anticipate him being around very long. Um, I am I am happy and excited that he's coming back. Um, I think that he will do a lot better. I don't know if he'll get them to the promised land. Um, but you know, moving on from Cam, we've got a lot of other things to talk about. So you got Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Uh, that's mm. who they decided to go with in free agency wide receivers. How do you feel about those two? Because for me, I am I feel like, oh, you know, I'm happy they they shot their shot, but I don't think they hit the right target. Yeah, I mean, especially in terms of the talent that they had um, in this free agency with the likes of Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, and people like Odell who are on the market for trade. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that it was, in my opinion, a good deal, especially Nelson Aguilar at $13 million a year. I mean, yeah, Chris Godwin paid $2 million more than that. And yeah. he is a top-tier receiver in the league. I mean, Nelson Aguilar has barely broke over 600 yards in a season. And he's, I mean, he's notorious for being unable to catch footballs, as far as I remember. Yeah, no, he definitely – I think he was sixth sixth worst last year in, in, uh, in drops. Yeah, and then Kendrick Bourne, a receiver – Granted, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt for the season. You got to play with people like C.J. Beathard and, and you know, and George Kittle's out. So that should increase your productivity. But they relied heavy on the run game. They didn't have much to do. I mean, like they did last season. Jimmy Garoppolo had 80, 88 yards in the NFC Championship game throwing. So, I mean, they just kind of – I mean, it was broke, but they didn't try to fix it. So they just kept trying yeah. to run. I think Kendrick Bourne is, is a very, you know – Wide receiver two, wide receiver three kind of signing. I mean, three years, $22 million, I like that signing a thousand times more than I like Nelson Aguilar. Um, yeah, I agree. My only issue is is that I, the Patriots really had to go and target a wide receiver one in the draft, okay? Yeah. Edelman, I'm sorry. I love you, bud. But you've been hurt, and you're old, and you're, you're predominantly a wide receiver two, especially if – Brady's not thrown to you, and you don't yeah. have that kind of chemistry, you're yeah. more likely than not a wide receiver, too. So, I, I mean, it sucks, but these are the facts. So, it, I mean, he's, what, like 34 now, coming off of a six-game season last year because of an injury uh-huh. that ruined the rest of his season? 
yeah, can't he's, see him he's producing be at least the way he used to. Yeah, so I I don't know. What I'm saying is with the players that they were that were out there in terms of wide receivers, players like Corey Davis, who yeah. almost almost eclipsed a, a thousand yards. Where did he just go? He just got picked up by somebody. He actually signed the exact same three year, thirty seven point five million dollar deal, but with the Jets. So right. he's on the Jets now. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay is still has nowhere to go. And even a wide receiver like Allen Robinson, because here's how the franchise tag works. Your team can franchise tag you, but it's your decision whether you want to sign that franchise tag or remain in uh, UFA. So Chris Godwin, who is going to sign the franchise tag, is going to be paid the franchise tag salary, which is based on however much the, like, the average at your position makes or the top 10 average near what your position makes. So he's going to make $16 million a year because of how much receivers are getting paid. Now, similar situation. Uh, Robinson gets franchise tagged by the Bears. He does not want to play with the Bears. Now, the Bears have to make a move at quarterback in order for him to want to stay, but he has made it very vocal that he wants to GTFO. So he doesn't have to sign it, and he very easily could get an offer from someone like Belichick and be on his way to New England. But no, we sign. I feel like he tries too hard to find diamonds in the rough instead well, of going for the obvious. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, when it comes to, you know, like super flashy, you know, in the news, cover of Madden type players, the Patriots really have only had, I don't know, four or five the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Brady, Gronk. I wouldn't even put Edelman in that discussion. I mean, yep. I think That's Edelman great. is great, but he's not like you know a Julio Jones or you know a Marshawn Lynch or you know one of those really big names that everybody knows. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of people who watch football who are like, oh yeah, Edelman. He plays for New England, right? Like they don't even know who he is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, throughout the history of Belichick's, you know, reign as a, you know, the coach slash GM, he has a tendency to go for really underrated, undersized kind of unknowns. You know, for for God's sakes, I mean, uh, Edelman was a quarterback who finally figured out, okay, no, you're going to be a wide receiver, and Amendola was a undrafted. And uh, freaking Chris Hogan was playing lacrosse. And, and all these people that he brings on, especially, I guess, in the wide receiver core, seem to be questionable. Like, they, they, they aren't obvious choices, um, which, you know, I think sometimes bites him in the ass. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'll be the first to say I am very happy they got new receivers because, you know, Nikhil Harry is probably the biggest draft Trash. Yeah, he, he's he's awful. I don't know what the heck they were thinking. Um, then you've got Demir Bird. He had some okay flashes. Jacoby Myers, eh? You know, I think Jacoby Myers was the best wide receiver on that team last season, which is a problem. Yes, big problem. So yeah, like you said, I really like. I look at this list of guys. You know, assuming all of them stay, which isn't going to happen. Who's the number one here? Like, who's the obvious? Yeah, that guy is the best wide receiver by far. And that's the issue. There's no set in stone thing. I think he, you Bill know what? Belichick I got is... the answer. I'll tell you who it is. Who? It's Hunter Henry. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the issue. I mean, dude, I love Hunter Henry as a player. I think that's so far their best signing of free agency. And unless they bring in someone heavy on the receiving core or within, you know. I would say the, the the defensive line, which is something we also struggle in and we're, are going to need, then there's no way you're going to be that signing. But, yeah, when Hunter Henry's great, but he's we need receivers, man. Like, yeah. Cam Newton's not Tom Brady. I don't know how often I'm going to have to say that, but mm-hmm. I'm being for real. He's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the person who took those lacrosse players and college quarterbacks and turned them in to receivers. I mean, I've made this point a thousand times, and I will do it again. Chris Hogan was a fourth-string practice squad receiver on the Buffalo Bills, joins the New England Patriots, wins the Super Bowl just for the fun of it, and then gets signed to a four-year, $64 million extension to Carolina. Yeah, and I mean, 
just I'm looking at some stats real quick, just to double back quickly. Um, you said Aguilar hadn't even you know done over 600 in a long time. He actually had almost 900 yards last season. With 800, the Raiders, 896 it says here. With the Raiders, last season with the Raiders, eight touchdowns, 896 yards. So I mean, fair. I'm not. But is he worth 14 million here? No. Um, <laughs> I think and the thing about it is these guys, you know, these are names that I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, got picked up towards the end of free agency. But to Agreed. go right after them immediately, seems mm-hmm. it seems like, I don't know. Uh, I'll be the first to say that Belichick works in mysterious ways. <laughs> and yes. There are a lot of times where you scratch your head, but then at the end of the season, you know what? It all comes together somehow. In December, the team starts to get it going. Now, that's all with a big asterisk because Brady's not there, so we can't possibly, you know, assume things are going to work out the way they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really divided on this, uh, the offensive selections that he made. Agreed. Um, with the exception of Trent Brown, I'm not really convinced about anybody. Maybe Hunter Henry, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll co-sign that. But the rest of these guys are going to really they're gonna have to prove themselves to me, you know? Yeah, I mean, Kendrick Bourne, I can see him being a nice receiver three coming out and just being a quick, you know, slot guy. I like that as a signing. I think it's a good overall yearly signing. It's about 7.3 mil a year. I like that. But the Aguilar is what pisses me off. Didn't even get to 900 yards. Now, more than I thought originally, but that just shows you how under my radar he was. Yeah. Henry Ruggs was injured, okay? The, right. the big draft pick that was supposed to, like, go insane mode, John Ross type B with the speed. So that – and Josh Jacobs also being injured should mean, aside from Darren Waller, he is the number one guy, aside from Darren Waller. Yeah, but I wouldn't so, be surprised if he had better if Darren Waller had better stats. <laughs> exactly, Darren Waller does. I I can guarantee you right now, without looking at the stats, Darren Waller had more yards and touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I would more. I would believe it. <laughs> exactly. So that's where it aggravates me as to yo, you can pay someone like a Kenny Galladay, like even a Juju Smith Schuster, fourteen million dollars a year, and have way better production. And have way more of a guarantee because yeah. we all know Bill Belichick is super hesitant to draft people or take young players. He's focused on the experience. Yeah, the experience was there this offseason. I mean, it's all over. Yeah. Even people like Deshaun Jackson and T.Y. Hilton are free agents. Okay, if you really want experience <laughs> that bad, take. Yeah, them. I would maybe take uh, Hilton over Jackson. Honestly, you said he works in mysterious ways, and believe me. There is no one that's going to disagree with you with that. But recently, the scratch in my head has turned into more of like, what are you doing? Yeah. No, I mean, uh, there's been more than one occasion where I have looked at Belichick and said, you know what? Maybe you're not such a genius. Yeah. Um, You know, once I saw. To like 2014, 2015. Remember Chandler Jones? Yes, yes, I remember Chandler Jones. <laughs> beast. The, yeah. One of the best defensive linemen we've had, okay? On the edge, at least, okay? Because of Vince Wolford, whatever. But he, I mean, he was there with the Seattle Super Bowl. And then after that, we shipped him off to Arizona. You ready for this? For Jonathan Cooper. I know. He's what? famous for... For letting people go on the cheap sometimes. Randy Moss, I, I can't. Okay, I'm getting frustrated. But, like, when it comes down to brass tags, Belichick needs to spend – if he would have combined the money that he spent on Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, he could have signed Allen Robinson. He could have signed Kelly Gallagher. He yeah. could have signed Judy Smith-Schuster with yeah. ease. Or OBJ. Yeah, even that. he You'd have to trade for him. He's not a free agent. But you'd have to – like – Oh, okay. You could take on his contract with that money. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I think it it all boils down to this. To summarize, last year, Brady was waving 
up north as he marched his way through the playoffs into a Super Bowl victory. And maybe that wave turned into a middle finger once or twice. <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind that it wasn't a middle finger the whole time. Uh, so I think Belichick is, for the first time since he was, where did he get fired from? The Jets? Or he went to the Jets and left? He resigned from the Jets after one day of being there. Okay, so for the first time in a long time, Belichick is in the hot seat. Whether it's just for his reputation or for his legacy or potentially if things continue in a negative trend, you know, he might want to watch his back because you know Robert Kraft has nothing but love for Brady. And to see his team go seven and nine had to be a really, really tough sight. Um, so I think Belichick's a little bit in the hot seat. And I think that there is just a the slightest hint of panic here. Like, holy crap, I need to redo everything. We need mm-hmm. new tight ends. We need new receivers. We need to bolster our defense a little, a little bit. We need to do this and that. And da, 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 da. Like, I feel like there's a little bit of a uh, – you know, pandemonium going on <laughs> where it's like, all right, we got to redo everything. So the problem when you redo everything, um, unless you're Tampa with Brady, um, you end up, there's a little bit of a learning curve. Um, and even with Brady, there was learning curve, but I don't, I'm not convinced that all these names and all these signings are going to equate to, you know, a great season. I think it's going to yeah. take a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I feel like Belichick, felt the pressure he saw what Brady was able to do in one year and I think he's trying to play catch up I just yeah I I the, okay so my issue let me just cap it off with this Belichick if you would have done what you normally did and kept your calm waited for the right guys you could have taken the two receivers you signed and got a receiver one and I would prefer that over getting two receiver threes. Now, yeah, I mean, one I think thing I agree with more than anything in these free agent signings, aside from the Hunter Henry signing, is the two tight end. Okay, we have paid two tight ends twelve point five million annually in the past day and a half. Mm-hmm. I like this. Okay, I am a big fan of the double tight end set. I'm a big fan of being able to have a tight end in the first place since Gronkowski. I mean. Yeah. Oh my God! It's it's a, it's a blessing. It's it's just a, a weight lifted off my chest. Yeah, so I, like I would have loved to ends. see some you know old school. Well, I, sh- I say old school, but you know some of that uh, <clears throat> Gronk Hernandez type looks. Agreed. Um, yeah, aside with that Murray, would help like, out yeah. Cam Newton a lot. Mm-hmm. Especially just getting him back in the groove because I mean, back in Carolina, he had Greg Olson. That was his main guy. Yeah. for the longest time. So yeah. We have so much more to talk about. So let's get right next to the um, let's get right to the next thing here. Drew Brees. I'm pretty sure everyone in the sports world has heard by now. After 20 seasons, he has bowed out, as we said he should. And just a quick, just a quick congratulations. Yep, Brees. I you know. I mean, you had a fantastic career. I mean, let me just let me just give him the stats real quick. Currently, as of right now, he's the all-time leader in passing yards. Second all-time passing touchdowns, made 13 Pro Bowls, four of top five single seasons in completion percentage by a quarterback, only player with it to have multiple 5,000-yard passing seasons, NFL record seven seasons leading in passing yards, 2006 Walter Payton Man of the Year, and a one-time Super Bowl champ and a one-time Super Bowl MVP. Once again, just Drew Brees. Whew, a I just... Top five all time without question. Um, How, who? No, don't. <laughs> I don't know if I would say a top five all time. I mean, yeah, maybe just based on stats, like just yes, it's unquestioned that you know. Number one, when you think of a stereotypical quarterback, you don't necessarily think of uh, Drew Brees' stature. Let's say. Um, he's not, great, he's not a super he's tall guy. Uh, yeah, he opened the door for guys like uh, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and, um, 
you know, these other, uh, these other guys who are not, you know, not six, three, six, four, you know? Um, but I mean, the whole top five discussion is, is a whole other, you know, egg to crack at a later date, maybe, uh, because I don't know. He's he's right on the edge. I don't know if I would put him in there. He's like, if he's in top five, he's number five. I would think. Fair enough. I, you know, I'm just. I would agree with that as, as the number five. You know, I, not to poo poo on the man because you know he is all time great, and he will go down as a game changer, a leader, and you know, in my opinion, someone who. You know, caught a lot of bad breaks in the playoffs, especially in the past like four or five years, and you know, easily could have and and probably should have uh, a few more rings. You know, I wouldn't. I I think a few more bounces go his way. Some calls get called correctly, and you know, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know he could have ended up with two or three rings. Yeah, I mean, he definitely – there's been some controversy in his entire, you know, just playoff runs, whether it's on his side or the other teams. But the main reason I bring up the Drew Brees retirement, aside from just congratulating him on his career, is the fact that it – it I mean, what happened within minutes of, of this retirement? Taysom Hill. Now, we saw what happened with the Brady extension. We already described it to you. It has voidable years to it. So it is a four-year extension with three voidable years. Now, Taysom Hill, a man who probably averages anywhere between five to seven snaps a game, was on pace to make $16 million next season. Now, that's ridiculous by itself. but Well, I don't know. I mean, he plays a lot of different positions. He was there when he went out. I think uh, – I think that – they like him, and I don't know. It's going to be super interesting to see what happens between him and Jameis Winston. Agreed. So now they signed him to a four-year, $140 million extension. Again, very similar. Multiple voidable years in this con- in this contract, and he's now set to make about seven to eight mil. Not an exact number has come out yet um, for 2021. So that opened up a ton of cap space, and Drew Brees taking his pay cut and retiring opened up even more now aside from also releasing jared cook josh hill Emmanuel sanders Janora shankins and company they have signed Jameis winston one year 12 million dollars now from what i've heard Jameis is set to start the season for new orleans week one that is that is what's been closed off no doubt about I'm it. I'm sure no – I don't know. I'm sure we'll hear the opposite. I think that will go back and forth. Between now and we, day one, I think that that will go back and forth. They'll say one thing and then they'll change it to a different thing. I don't know. This feels enough. to me like a – you know, like they're throwing two dogs in the pit. You know, sorry for – for that uh that metaphor, but you know they're throwing these guys in there, and they're gonna see who proves themselves, who's gonna you know emerge victorious between these two guys. Um, yeah, I really feel like it's a prove it contract for Jameis. You know, hey, one more year, buddy. Okay, we're gonna give you some money. This is it. You know, I think that this is a this is a huge year for Jameis Winston's career. You know, he went from being you know one of the most you know sought after, you know, picks uh, in his draft to now he's a backup and maybe he's going to stay in New England for, or not New England, um, in uh, New Orleans for a long time. Who knows? Um, I'm super interested to see if, if they continue, uh, can continue to ride the Taysom train or if Jameis will take over. Yeah, it, it's definitely uh... – I would say it's up for grabs. From what I'm hearing right now, Jameis is going to start. But, yes, I think with the contract and the whole fact that it's a one-year for Jameis and multiple for Taysom, there's definitely room for competition. Now, during this podcast by itself, we have seen three quarterbacks and one wide receiver be signed to different teams. Just to name them off real quick, because I don't even know if you know, but Andy Dalton has just signed a one-year deal, $10 million, to the Chicago Bears. Oh, wow. Okay. Hot off the press. Andy Dolan is a bear. Yes, correct. Now, Tyrod Taylor just got a one-year deal worth $12.5 million 
He's going to Houston. Mm. Let's go to the Texans. Mm. Jacoby Brissett, an old friend of ours, good old Pat. He's going to find his way back to the AFC East on a one-year deal with the Dolphins. Mm. And last but not least, while this podcast has been going on, just just to give you an idea of how fast-paced things are moving in free agency, Will Fuller, not Will Fuller, my apologies, Marvin Jones Jr. from the Detroit Lions is going to sign a two-year contract with the Jaguars. Mm. What else happened? I mean, wow, I just okay. well, let's just go through that very quickly. So Andy Dalton is going to Chicago. Did I hear that right? Yes, Andy Dalton's in Chicago. Okay, interesting. Tyrod to Houston. That's super interesting. Brissett to Miami. Okay, so I mean, we can break down these. Obviously, Chicago needs a quarterback. Andy Dalton being the answer? I don't know about that. I'm going to point blank say he's probably on the same dynamic as the other. Like, in, overs, in just essence of how average he is, it's the same thing as – Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. I'm not going <laughs> to say, I mean, here's the thing. Nick Foles is like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. You know, when he wants to, he's on, and when he gets going, he's great. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, sure, he's got some athleticism, but I don't think he's very um, careful with the ball. He's not very smart when it comes to making the right decision on the field. And Andy Dalton does have a, you know, some – some level of veteran status. Uh, you know, he had some success in his career. Uh, nothing, you know, too amazing. But I just don't think that that is the, you know, going to be the, the thing that saves them. And Dalton is not enough um, for no. the Bears. Yeah, and I think if they're really trying to push for a QB, I mean, I don't know. Again, I've heard a lot of things about Russell Wilson possibly going to Chicago, but yeah, I don't. I don't see Andy Dalton being the answer. Yeah, I really um, think that, that Russell Wilson means, ain't going anywhere. I'm sticking with that. That means Dallas has got to get a backup. I don't think Ben DiNucci is going to work over there. So, well, I'm going to go ahead and say that's an interesting signing. Yeah, that is interesting, but not anything that's game changing. To be quite frank with you. Okay, so Tyrod Taylor to Houston. This one yep. is. Possibly the dumbest one of them all. Agreed. Like, okay, if you're like, you need to either, you know, shit or get off the pot here. Are you going to get rid of Deshaun Watson or not? If you are, then you're going to have to do a lot better than Tyrod Taylor. You know, (laughs) I would say that all these teams that, you know, with the exception of maybe like, say, seven teams, any one of them would pay a ransom to have Deshaun Watson. <laughs> and for you to not use that bargaining chip to your advantage, you know, Houston, you need to get your heads out of your butts, man. Uh, it's it's almost sad because, I mean, what are you trying to do? You want to make Deshaun Watson stay. And what have you done so far in free agency? You've signed Mark Ingram and Tyrod Taylor. What the hell? Try, try again. Like, is there a restart yeah. button for them? Because it's just bad. Yeah, I feel I mean, like a got, lot of and you gotta, a lot of guys are looking at this, you know, absolute dumpster fire that's going on, and they don't even want to be a part of it. You know, yeah, I think, Will Fuller's still a free agent. They haven't even tried to re-sign him. Yeah. He wants out yeah. of there. And once Will Fuller's gone, that receiving core is literally nothing. I mean, to the biggest extent, aside from maybe Brandon Cooks, but – he's a fragment of himself at this point. Yeah. It's nothing like, I, I don't know. It's honestly frustrating to me because Deshaun Watson is such a good quarterback and he's very talented and he deserves to be on a contending team, but the Texans just won't let him go. It's that, it's that simple because yeah. it's not like he's a free agent. It's not like he has any room to negotiate his contract. He's under contract for X amount of years with the Texans and he's got nothing to do. He can't trade himself. All he can do is just tell our teams, look, Give them whatever you have. I need to be on your team. Yeah. Yeah, they, that that whole – I mean, Tyrod Taylor, you know, he had – I'm not even going to say he had success in Buffalo because he was a total roller coaster. He was either, you know, playing good. I'm not even going to say anything better than good. Or he was Agreed. throwing picks. You know, he yep. was super inconsistent in Buffalo and obviously hasn't done enough to prove himself anywhere else. 
So I don't think mm-hmm. Houston they and they have the prize pony. They have the best in show in Deshaun Watson, and they are not using that to their advantage. Yeah, it's it's really just an absolute train wreck over there in Houston. And then yeah, you've got the signing of Brissett in Miami. He's just going to be a backup for two. Uh, maybe. I'm not convinced. Um, on the backup thing, I don't know. I mean, Jacoby Brissett of all three of those guys would probably be it's the most the promise. Thing. Yeah. And Tua, I mean, if they were so high on Tua, then why the hell didn't he play last year? He barely played. For it's, for being a first-round pick and being, you know, you know, heralded and being in all these commercials and he's getting all this hype, What? where's where's the production? You know, where's the snaps? Where's the playtime? Yeah, um, I'm not convinced that he's going to be the starter. I don't know what they're doing over there. They need to, you know, make a decision. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if if that's not the last we hear about a quarterback when it comes to uh, uh, Miami. Fair enough. Uh, All right. Speaking of the Dolphins, uh, we have a, a quarterback from the Dolphins actually seeing his way to Washington. This one completely threw me for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> the Washington football team signs Ryan Fitzpatrick to a one-year, $10 million deal. What? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, the, Washington is not going to be able to snag a top-tier quarterback from the draft unless they make some trades. Um uh, I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do they have? Like the 20. I can tell you in about two seconds. 20... Exactly what draft pick they, have. they have 24th, the 19th pick. Oh, really? That high? Okay. Yeah, I'm actually, I got him. I actually, I got him taking a running back. Yeah, I don't see them making, you know, a push. Well, I did before, maybe trying to make a push <laughs> for a quarterback, but. You know, if anything, this just aggravates me because I don't like Ryan Fitzpatrick. (laughs) He bothers me. His big, goofy-ass beard, his super inconsistent play style. I feel like he just has some type of magical horseshoe that he pulls out every once in a while and he turns into, like, the second coming of, like, Dan Marino or something. And then it disappears all of a sudden, and he's awful. Again. And it's like, what the hell is going on there? He's he's completely – he's a total dark horse. You never know what's going to happen with him. Um, and he is – he's not good, but he has managed to screw up things for uh, teams of mine in the past, a.k.a. the Patriots, where he played on every AFC East team and – I wouldn't be – with the exception of the Patriots, I should say. And I think he might have a win over the Pats on every single AFC East team. And it's just like, how? He's got to be the, the craziest traveling quarterback in modern history. I know. This – it's just ridiculous. This, honestly, it's going to be quite a QB room with him and the Heineke kid. I'm, I'm really interested to see who's going to start. Uh, week one, I- I'm probably going to go ahead and bank on it being Fitzpatrick just for the overall experience factor. Yeah. But we'll see what happens in training camps, OTAs, you know, the whole shebang that we didn't have last and year. I was now. totally under the uh, under the impression he was retiring, too. I heard a lot of retirement buzz. I did, too, actually. Yeah, I, I-, I was not sure we were going to see Fitzmagic after uh, anything else. I'm going to go ahead and just get into a very, uh, what's the word, controversial move personally for me i think it's the most controversial and uh, honestly dumb move of the free agency so far the packers my friend the packers with the money that they oh so rarely have because of aaron Rodgers' contract what do they do well let's talk about the draft first before anything they go out and they draft aaron Rodgers' successor instead of i don't know a wide receiver i don't know a tight end who knows I mean, granted, that lit a fire under Rodgers' butt and made him an MVP, but it only got them to the championship game. Did they win? No. Brady whooped them. Now, who do they draft else? Second round, A.J. Dillon, a running back. Why? You have Aaron Jones. You have Jamal Williams. 
What's the issue? And now what do you do with the money you have in free agency? You re-sign Aaron Jones. You don't go target a top-tier receiver to be, you know, on the other side of Devontae Adams. You don't go target a top-tier tight end to, you know, replace Robert Tunney. You don't re-sign your top center that kept Aaron Rodgers so perfectly clean throughout these games. Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. Obviously – Aaron Jones was a critical part of that offense. Um, um, without their line. I, I, let me finish. <laughs> I understand the priority to keep him. And uh, I do think that, you know, he probably held them to the fire a little bit and wanted a, a big payday. Um, but, yeah, I, that team needs – just a little bit more options for uh, Rodgers. They probably would have benefited most from a really good tight end uh, yeah. because they do have uh, Valdez Scantling, and he's not he's not great, but he's a solid number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Devontae is you know one of the top five receivers right now. Um, Agreed. So I, I don't necessarily think they needed a wide receiver. They could have used one for sure, but what they really needed uh, and they still need is a really top-tier tight end, somebody who can block and catch you know, just as good. Um, so I don't know. I mean, they'll be in the conversation. They will, you know, again, they're one of those teams that as long as that quarterback is there, they will have a chance to go deep in the playoffs. Um, but I don't know. It, it seems like there's a uh, a feeling of impending doom in Green Bay. <laughs> like <laughs> like something bad is going to happen. Something they need to course correct here a little bit, just a little bit, because I feel like they're on a slippery slope where they can either head, you know, in the right direction or the wrong direction. And I don't think that signing Aaron Jones to that big contract is – uh, necessarily the right a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously they had to keep you – know, I don't think they had to keep him, but I understand why they wanted to. Um, you know, I've said before um, and even previous episodes of this podcast, running backs are not a dime a dozen necessarily, but they're one of the more easily replaceable um, positions just because there are a lot of them and – you know, they can be used in a lot of different ways. And they're also one of those positions that are constantly, you know, in the discussion for uh, how much money do we want to pay running backs? You know, their cap hits are starting to increase more and more. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, simply I get it 100%. Aaron Jones has been balling out these past two seasons. been just a very critical part of that Green Bay offense. But to pay him that much, just pisses off Rodgers even more, and I can't see it being a good move in there. It's just for the team. It's I don't know. Yeah, the best thing that Green Bay could do would be to look at um, uh, what's his name? Is it Jason Light? Is that the GM for Tampa? Yes. Yeah, look at Jason Light and look at Bruce Arians as the example. You got mm-hmm. a star, you know. Hall of Fame quarterback, let him guide you. Let him hold the reins every once in a while. Because if they would just, you know, give Rodgers the steering wheel every once in a while, it doesn't have to be all the time, he would be a lot happier and they would probably get, you know, what they really, really need on offense more than what they're trying to, you know, play nice and keep everyone happy. Mm, yeah. I, it's, Definitely a little uh, difficult to keep everybody happy, but yeah, I mean, just followed by example, I guess. And the the Bucks have been the perfect example, especially in the past two seasons. Now, one more thing, I definitely want to talk about before anything else is the Chiefs. Okay, now you know Super Bowl loss, whatever nine and seven. That's my prediction. <laughs> After the last episode, the Chiefs released Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. They're two best linemen. Now, statistically, yes. I mean, say who you want, but these are the facts. Mitchell Schwartz was an all-pro 
uh, right tackle. Eric Fisher was the first overall draft pick in 2013 and made two Pro Bowls. Also, 2013 was a while ago. Yeah, so was 2000, but Brady's 43, and he's and still he the doesn't goal. play a lineman either. <laughs> okay, what I'm saying is that these were their top linemen at the tackle positions where they were absolutely massacred because both of them were injured for the Super Bowl. Those were the two that were injured, not their guards, not their center. Those were the two that were injured, and that is, to your extent, as to a big reason as to why they lost, which I agree, too, because that made the pass rushing that much easier on Tampa's Bay end. Now, what they do in free agency, because this frees up $18 million in cap space, the release of both of them. Mahomes restructures his contract, and they get, I guess, somehow in the positive of cap space. They were still negative $5 million in, in cap space after the, the lineman moves. But here's what they go do. They go say, what's up, Foxborough? I'll need your left guard, mm. which makes no sense because they have a left guard in Kalechi Osamele, who's made two Pro Bowls, who is a certified pass blocker. Joe Tooney is great by all means. Believe me, I'm a Pats fan. He's fantastic. But you pay him $5 million, not $5 million, five years, $80 million? Like, you're setting yourself up for absolute cap. Hell yeah, in the next two. yeah, yeah. I think they are looking a little bit short-sighted here. I mean, and even in the essence of tackles, they didn't do anything in like Trent Williams, who is a fantastic left tackle, has been is still on the free agent market, has yet to go anywhere, but yet they sign a guard instead of the tackles, which they just released both of their top ones. I'm still sticking to my 9-7, and seven, and I will till the day that I die, whether it's wrong or correct. But I promise you, this move was not as good as everyone thinks. Yes, Joe Tooney is a great pass blocker and a great run blocker. Now, I think he will benefit the offensive line, but he's not going to fix the massive cracks that releasing both of your tackles do. Oh. Unless they find a way to create cap space or find a diamond in the rough in the draft. Well, I think they already did that happen. last year. Okay, last year they signed uh, offensive tackle. I can't remember his name, um, but he was an, a stud in college, and I'm pretty sure he didn't allow a single sack in his college career. And he opted out because of COVID. Um, so I think that they have a secret weapon there, um, a young, talented tackle. I don't know if it's left tackle or right tackle, what position he played. Um, but between that, Joe Tooney, who has a – you know, a lot of experience, and I wouldn't be surprised if they shuffle things around and maybe Tooney stays at guard and they move one of their current guards to tackle or vice versa. Um, I think that when it comes to this whole tackle debate um, with the, the Chiefs, yes, that is one of, if not the biggest reasons, they lost that game. And I think it's going to be an isolated incident. It was just really bad timing. I don't think that losing those tackles is going to be a permanent issue for them. You know, there was nothing they could do about that between, you know, between the playoffs and the Super Bowl. That's what it was. They didn't have an opportunity to fix that. And so the boat sank. I think now they're going to have lots of opportunities to fix that. I think Joe Tooney is a decent start. Plus, um, what is the name? Uh, what is the name of the uh, tackle they drafted in 2020? Do you know it? No, not at all. All I know is that he opted out and that he was, you know, really, really good in college. Um, then they had that that uh, Canadian guy who opted out as well. He's got the yes, Duvernay Tardis. Yes. So they've got options, man. I think that this whole tackle thing is getting blown way out of proportion. Okay. I mean, we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. I mean, and one of us is going to end up the uh, the loser in this bet, and it ain't going to be me. And I can't wait to figure out what punishment I'm going to give you. You know, it's going to be beautiful if they somehow cover the push and it's a 10 and 6. Yeah, if they get the push, then. I'll still be surprised because, I mean, I really – I could barely see that happening, but I don't know. 
it's going to be crazy. I mean, I, I'm interested to see, man, I, is it next season yet? Can we fast forward to September? <laughs> <laughs> I would appreciate that. We got so much still to talk about, but we have reached the beautiful hour mark for this episode. Don't worry. We got another one coming this week. A lot more to talk about. What are teams going to do for the draft? More free agency things. Maybe even some trades upcoming. We will well, real see. Real quick, but- at 3 o'clock today, the Chiefs released their running back, Damian Williams. <laughs> just a little extra dessert to throw in there dude i'm just thank you <laughs> thank you i mean that that even helps my case a little bit more now you're relying strictly on a washed Le'Veon bell and a second year clyde over to with a uh injured line so we'll see but anyways <laughs> yep that's good. <laughs> i'm gonna let you guys do your own deciding as well um whether who is right who is wrong whatever but thank you for tuning in. We will be back sometime within this next uh, next couple days of this week. And we'll keep you posted as we always do. But this is all three phases. I'm Ryan. I'm signing out. Bubs, give it to me. All right, guys. Be good. All right. Deuces.